This morning we're going to look at Psalm 84, and the words are going to be on your screen so we don't have to handle uh, Bibles and the pews and the like, but we would encourage you to take your own Bibles. In fact, this would be an encouragement that I would, I would give you from now on. COVID or not, it's always good to have your own Bible and to be able to, to mark it up and the like. But this, this morning we will have uh, the words on the screen as I read that. And as we look at Psalm 84, if you've been following along live streaming, if you've been getting the CDs and the DVDs, you know that over the last few weeks I've started over this summer looking at the Ten Commandments. And we're going to continue on with that throughout the rest of the summer. But I'm taking a break from that for a day because this is a special day. It's a day where we regather. And so I want to focus our attention on that, and we're going to do that by using Psalm 84. There we read, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Would you join me? Oops, I'm going. We'll get there. Okay. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Father God, as we come before you, as we come to think about the loveliness of your dwelling place, of what it means to be able to regather after several months of being apart. We pray that you would receive our praise and gratitude, not only for allowing us this moment back together, but for your sustaining presence through those months where we were apart. Give us a sense of your peace and a sense of your strength as we hear your word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Home is where the heart is. That's a familiar adage that actually may go all the way back to Roman times to a man named Pliny, It's an axiom that usually finds its way sometimes on cross-stitch or painting on grandma's wall or chair pillow. And even though maybe it feels a little old and a little sappy, it's no less true 
And it was certainly true for the authors of this psalm, the sons of Korah, we're told. For them, home was God's house in Jerusalem. That's where they found themselves as temple workers. Now, if you've read any of the devotionals I have uh, had sent out over the last few months, we met the sons of Korah when we looked at Psalms 42 and 43 in a devotional in May. And we noted that the, the setting of these psalms, perhaps even originally one psalm, was as they made their way into exile in Babylon. And it's almost as if they, they get to the northern part of Israel and they look back and they feel the pull of home already. They're not even out, they're not even out of the country yet and they feel the pull of home. And one of the Korahites writes the psalm. Now, we know that is true for Psalms 42 and 43. The question commentators disagree on is whether Psalm 84 is actually a follow-up to that psalm, to those psalms. If Psalm 84 is actually now the people have been brought into exile and now the sons of Korah in exile pin this psalm longing, feeling, longing for being in God's house even while they're in exile. Or as some say, you know, no, it's just a regular psalm that they wrote reflecting the fact that people were away from the temple long periods of time. Whatever the case was, whether it was pinned before exile or pinned during exile, either way it reflects the pull of home. The pull of home, a longing for the house of God. And regardless of the context, the the recurring word blessed reflects the the basic outline of this psalm. We come across that word in verse 4 at the end of the first stanza and verse 5 at the, the beginning of the next stanza and then later in verse 12. Blessed. Blessed speaking of where and how we find home. So, so whatever else you read in the psalm, don't miss that the sons of Korah are reminding us where and in whom we find the blessed life. Where and in whom we find home. Now, during the recent pandemic, I've heard many of you express the, the same longing for the house of God. Not necessarily the physical building so much as being with God's people in corporate worship. Now we're back. What have we learned? What have we gained in our exile? Whether it's a current praise for being able to work in God's house daily or a wistful longing for the good old days while in exile, this is a personal psalm for the sons of Korah. You see, when, when the temple duties were divvied out in First and Second Chronicles, apparently some of the Korahites, the sons of Korah, were assigned to be gatekeepers. You find that in First Chronicles 26. Some others were assigned to be singers and song composers, you find in Second Chronicles 20. But all of them, as part of the larger tribe of Levi, were temple workers. 
So it's not surprising then that they start the psalm, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's not surprising. The sons of Korah longed for the daily routine, whether it was opening gates to worshipers or composing and singing songs of praise. They even described their workplace as lovely. But then again, this was their home. Now, during this pandemic, in which many of us have been confined to home, it was interesting to see so many people passionate to get back to work, even holding rallies at, in Lansing, demanding that right. I have to admit that I privately wondered how many of them just a few months earlier were complaining about their jobs and their bosses and looking forward to retirement. And yet, when it's taken away from you, you long for it, as the sons of Korah did. And their longing, then in verses 3 and 4, took the place of imagery, or took a form of imagery. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my God and my King. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Their longing took the form of imagery as they, as they recalled how the sparrows and the swallows the smallest of birds found a place in the rafters of the temple colonnades or in the walls, niches in the walls, safe and secure from the birds of prey. And perhaps this conveyed for them a sense of peace and security, a sense of peace that they had living in God's house. They, of course, for as Jesus said, are much more valuable than the birds of the air. And indeed, the next words give us a sense of where that peace and that security comes from, gives us a number of titles for the God of Israel, all conveying his sovereignty. All conveying his sovereignty. The Lord Almighty literally means the Lord of hosts or, or the Lord of armies. It talks about God as a, as a powerful divine military warrior with, with the armies of heaven behind him, who is not only Israel's king, but is the God of the whole universe. And as the gatekeeping sons of Korah knew well, the temple in the city of Jerusalem promised safety and security for all within, not just because it was so well built, but because God was in her. Now in recent months, the temple workers here have been at various times through the week, our administrative assistant, custodian, techies, and a preacher. But it was not the church without you. It was not the church without you. We can all attest to the building being eerily quiet, dauntingly empty. So what have we learned during exile, our exile? The church home is not a lovely but empty building. And that was true in Jerusalem as well, for good reason. The vast majority of the people of Israel actually lived some distance from the temple, coming only as pilgrims to the feasts three times a year. 
We may not be able to understand that, but that was the routine of Israel. Most people didn't visit the temple more than three times a year. And the, the lengths between times are some of them even longer than the length we've had being away from God's house this, in this building. And so their thrice yearly visit had to hold them for the rest of the week or for the rest of the year, excuse me, for that next period of time before they could come in the temple again. And so that may be part of what's going on in this psalm. And that's why we can hear the joy of pilgrimage on the lips of the singing sons of Korah. Look at verses 5 through 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bacah, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. We can hear the joy of pilgrimage on the lips of the sons of Korah. And again, the imagery conveys some of that. Because the imagery pictures, and this picture on the screen does as well, the pilgrims coming through the Bekaa Valley in northern Israel either hailing from that and having to come there thrice, three times a year, or, as I prefer, they're actually returning from exile from Babylon. They're returning from exile the same way we came. Psalms 42 and 43 talk about them being near the heights of Hermon, and that's Mount Hermon you see in the background of the Bacah Valley. And now we see them coming back. Or they envision in the psalm they're coming back one day. And they can't wait. Now it's interesting that Valley of Bacah literally means Valley of Weeping. Valley of Weeping. But as they pass through, it becomes Springs of Joy. Perhaps reminding them of Isaiah's prophecy. That when the exiles return from Babylon, the desert will bloom as streams burst forth and the, the ground will become bubbling springs. And the pilgrims themselves will go from strength to strength, perhaps describing the, the growing adrenaline rush as they get closer and closer to being able to get back to God's house. Closer and closer to corporate worship, closer and closer to coming before God in Zion. Have we felt that desperate longing to be back to God's house in corporate worship with his saints? Another adage we have is absence makes the heart grow fonder. And hopefully this is another thing we've learned. That we, we desperately long to be the church, corporately. Now, whether the psalm describes the time between feasts or whether it describes them off in exile where they had to miss the feasts for years, just like we incidentally missed some feasts, right? Good Friday, Easter, Ascension, Pentecost. They looked with anxious longing to return home. Have we? But we've also learned during this time 
that God is our refuge and strength. We'll talk about that more this evening on live stream as we look at Psalm 46. Or as verse 5 here puts it, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Verses 8 and 9 reflect a prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Perhaps it's a prayer of the king or for the king because shield was usually the name given to the king and anointed one as well. But it's a yearning for God to hear and answer and to look upon the king and look upon the people with his favor and grace, with his strength. Whether live streaming services or watching TV preachers, weekly devotions or daily Bible reading, talking via phone to friends and family or via prayer to God, hopefully we have found during our exile that God has been our strength during this time. While we've been confined to our homes, I I trust that we've realized that ultimately our home is in God. That his strength comes directly from him, but it also comes through his people. And this brings about a tension, and we find this tension in the Psalms as well, but it's also a tension that is a tension in our lives or should be as Christians relating to God's presence. The tension is this. God dwells in his house, that lovely dwelling place. And yet God in his favor and presence is not confined to the house. It's not confined to the temple. It's not confined to a corporate gathering of God's church. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. That whole that phrase that we've become familiar with, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Maybe a reflection of the short time pilgrims had at the temple before they had to go home until the next temple visit or Or it may reflect this longing during these many years of exile. Oh, if we could have just one more day in the house of God. We took it for granted before. Oh, that we could just have one more day in the house of God. Because there's something special about worshiping in God's house and with God's people. Charles Colson, in his book about the church called The Body, wrote, Many Christians have been infected with the most virulent virus of modern American life, radical individualism. They concentrate on personal obedience to Christ as if all that matters is Jesus and me. But in doing so, they miss the point. For Christianity is not a solitary belief system. Any genuine resurgence of Christianity is history demonstrates, demands a reawakening and renewal of that which is the essence of the faith, the people of God, the new society, the body of Christ which is made manifest in the world, the church. If we've learned nothing else from social distancing, may we have learned that we need each other, especially in the church. And yet, at the same time, 
Ultimately, they are blessed who trust in God and his presence wherever they may be. Whether, even if that is not in the temple or in a church building, even if that is an exile or confined to staying at home. Blessed is the person who trusts in you, wherever that person may be. You know, if you think about it, when Jesus talked about the temple in the New Testament, particularly when he talked about seeing it destroyed and rebuilt in three days, he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about a body, his body, himself. The ultimate temple, the loveliest dwelling place, is being in Christ. Being in Christ. And we were also reminded at Pentecost, hopefully you got to uh, see that service, that actually at Pentecost God changed his address. Moving out of the temple in Jerusalem and into the lives of believers in Jesus. And this is why Paul could later write, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. I like the way the NIV puts it there uh, in its newer version. You together, because it reflects the fact that that you is plural. He's not talking about all of us being individual temples, but he's talking about us corporately as a church being the temple of God. The temple that the Spirit lives in is the church, but not one confined to four walls. As Peter wrote, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Do you get that? We are the spiritual house built on the chief cornerstone. Hopefully, we have learned that God's home, His presence, is with us everywhere and is in us through His Holy Spirit. James Boyce adds, So let us learn to seek God in the company of His people, the church, and by looking to heaven. I mentioned the church first because God has promised to meet us there. Jesus said, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. If you want to learn about God and come to know God personally, start with the church. It's where we meet together. But I also say heaven, he writes, because ultimately it is God himself we long for in whom alone we will be satisfied and not the fellowship of God's people, however rewarding that may be. And so as a good reminder, we meet at the church, the church building. But ultimately, we go back to be the church as we live in an unbelieving world. Hopefully during the pandemic and social distancing, we've thought about and and learned ways to better be the church outside these walls. So we thank God. We thank God that we can be back and say with the sons of Korah, how lovely is your dwelling place. But may we also have a new focus 
on being the church in our community and our world. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for drawing us back to meet corporately. We pray now that as we meet corporately, we might not forget that we are also the church outside walls as well as inside walls. Help us to be that church in a way that honors you wherever you take us in this coming week. And then bring us back next week to be able to celebrate corporately once again. We pray this in the name of the one who is the church's one foundation, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Would you respond by joining me in singing the church's one foundation? We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. The words will be on the screen.